topic is calling and career and i'm here with um reverend peace i'm pretty sure there are many people who are having this question within themselves wondering it's my calling the same as my career is my career the same as my calling and we're here to deliberate on those two essential topics i just want to introduce you to reverend peace my name is peace nakaima maria I am a wife, a mother of two. When it comes to my ministry, I am a pastor. I am a Christian counselor. Regarding my profession, I am an insurance and risk management professional. So several things I can take from this. You are a professional, as you clearly mentioned, you're also a minister. So you're wearing double hats, yes. you know, and so pretty much boils down to calling and career. And based on my research, uh, there are two types of callings. And I think in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, gives us a general scope of our calling, which is something that every believer should go out and fulfill the Great Commission. Mm -hmm. But there's also something called specific calling, you know, which is a specific responsibility that God assigned to individual in a local church, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I believe that um, obviously the calling comes with spiritual gifts. I want us to look into is Romans chapter chapter eight, verse twenty-eight, because it says that all things work together for those who love God, and those who are called according to His purpose. His purpose yes. See, so all things, which includes, I believe, our calling and our career, right? Absolutely. And um, obviously in Genesis, in terms of work, Genesis chapter 2, verses 15, 19 to 20, talks about when God created man, the first responsibility that he gave man was, was work. So the Bible has clearly stated that there's a place for, for calling, there's also a place for work, right? Yes. And then obviously in Exodus chapter 20, verse 9, it talks about six days you shall labor, and do all your work. Yes. So these are just references regarding work, which is pretty much career, right? Right. So the first question I want to ask you is, how do you differentiate calling and career? A very good question. Because it can be confusing at times, depending on what your career is. It can be confusing. Because first of all, we have to know that there are certain people whose career is their calling. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. There are certain people who don't have that differentiation. Their career is their calling. They are a minister and that is how they make money. They are, um, they have a position that is also their calling. So I think those are, that would be the best position to be in because then you don't have to differentiate. But when it comes to speaking about a career, mm. a career or a job is something that pays the bills. Mm. A job in itself allows you to have the money to do the things, to meet your basic needs. You go, you do the job, you're given a paycheck. That is a job. A career just takes a job to another level mm. in that it allows an opportunity for growth mm. and advancement. 
Okay. But the end goal is still to be able to meet the needs in your line. I think later we will try to differentiate these two um, based on the characters of each, based on what mm. is required of each. But when we go to a calling, just like you said, there is that general calling for every Christian in Matthew 28, where it speaks of go out into the world and preach the good news to the ends of the earth. Hmm. That is a calling that every Christian has to take upon themselves because that is what our Lord Jesus Christ has commanded us to do. But there is a specific calling, a calling that is yours, Brahim, a calling that is different from my calling. And yet that calling is part of bringing that first calling, the mm. Great Commission, Interesting. to fulfillment. So whatever your specific portion mm. that is oriented just to you is, the ultimate purpose of it is to fulfill mm. the Great Commission. And just like you said, it involves your spiritual gifts, right? Mm. And Brahim, your spiritual gifts are going to be different from mine, right? Absolutely. So um, when we speak about our calling, um, there are some gifts such as Romans 12, mm. 6 to 8. It speaks about gifts such as prophecy, teaching, mm. leadership, giving, serving, and mercy. These are spiritual gifts that are specifically oriented hmm. to the calling that God has for you in your life. So if you ask me, what is your calling or what, how do you define a calling? I will say that a calling is God's mission for you on earth. For you specifically and it's, and it's unique. It is unique. And it's based on spiritual gifts. Exactly, the ones that God has given to you. Mm. So, so the spiritual gifts come along with our calling. So in our career, what do we bring to our career? Is it our learned skills, our formal education, or is it also our natural innate abilities that God has given us? I have to say that it's a combination of all that. Our career is going to Many times when you look at little children, you'll ask them what it is that they want to be when they grow up. What was your answer, Brahim? What did you want to be? I always wanted to be the president you of the world. <laughs> you wanted to be the president of, of the, the world. world, yes. So there is a desire in there. Mm. I wanted to be a medical doctor because somehow I saw something about doctors that appealed to me. Mm. They had power in my three and four year old eyes to make people feel better hmm. so um, your career is going to combine those natural abilities that God has given you hmm. you might just be a good speaker some people don't have to go to school to learn how to be a good hmm. speaker it's just in them it's just naturally who they are you might be a person who 
who solves problems. Hmm. You see a problem and you figure out a way to solve it. But for some of us, we have to go to school. We have to be trained to obtain these skills. Hmm. So the combination of the desire in our hearts, the natural abilities that we have, hmm. and the skills and training is what gives us what equips us to be able to carry out our careers. Interesting. So but we're going to look at examples in the Bible of, of men of God, women of God, who wear two hats in terms of calling and, um, and career, right? Yes. And I'm going to ask you to provide us examples, if you can remember, right. any example from the Old Testament and the New Testament of people who were in their calling and also in their career. Yes. Um, if, I, if I could say this, in Luke chapter 2, verse 43 to 51, regarding Jesus Christ, right? Absolutely. Uh, I'm pretty sure Jesus Christ, when, before his ministry, he was doing carpentry work. He was. Because his adopted father or his guardian, um, Joseph, was a carpenter, right? And if I have the right to say that Jesus Christ was a carpenter as a career, and then, and his calling is, he's the savior of the world, right? So I'm using him as, as a perfect example of somebody who had a, a career at a point in his life and also had a, 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 a calling, a calling, you know? Another example I can give you is Solomon. Solomon was a king. He was a philosopher. He was a teacher, you know? So he had, he was a, a king. I could say leadership is also spiritual and also physical, yes, right? Absolutely. And um, he was also a, a teacher of the word. That's his calling, mm -hmm. you know? So these, these are all just few examples in my end. So can you provide us with examples of people in the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, who wore the two hats of uh, being called and also fulfilling their career here on this earth? Gladly. And um, I think my favorite is Nehemiah. When we look at the Old Testament, one of the ones that I look at and read um, is Nehemiah. So if you go to the book of Nehemiah, really the first and second um, chapters, they will tell you who Nehemiah was. Nehemiah was a captive hmm. and um, he worked as a cupbearer for the king Artaxerxes of Babylon. Hmm. Being a cupbearer was Nehemiah's career. Hmm. That was his job. A very difficult job, but a job that he did with gladness, a job that he did with joy, because in one point, at one point, the king actually says he had never seen Nehemiah sad. Hmm. So that, that is the attitude that Nehemiah had, hmm. doing a very difficult job. Being a cup bearer is testing everything before the king hmm. tests it. So that the king is not poisoned. Hmm. A risky that job, wow. A very risky job. Interesting. Again, I wonder if I would have done that job with a smile. But he went to the job every hmm. single day with joy. That was his career. Hmm. And then a time comes... In, in Nehemiah chapter 1, where he receives news of what was happening in Jerusalem, hmm. about how the walls were in ruin, and something tugged at his heart. He mourned, he was sad, and 
he then realized that God was calling him mm. to do something. God was calling him to change that situation. Mm. So this cupbearer, after some time, then goes to his king, to his boss, mm. and says, and the king notices that he is sad. And then he tells his boss, how can I not be sad? Mm. This is what is happening in my life. And what I appreciate from Nehemiah, chapter 2, is that his career as a cupbearer allowed him to have the resources to wow. step into his calling, calling. Mm. as a rebuilder of the walls. Wow. So in essence, what you're trying to say is that your career prepares you for your calling. Let's say, for instance, you learn certain skill sets from your career you can apply in your, in your calling. Absolutely. Mm. And not even just the skill sets, actual resources. Mm. Remember that paycheck that I was talking about yes. that you get from your career or that mm. you get from your job? Yes. That paycheck is going to allow you to mm. have the money that you might need to mm. go across nations to preach the word of God. Interesting. It's going to allow you to feed the mm. people that God is calling us to feed. Wow. When the when God when Jesus says when I was hungry, you fed me. Hmm. It is us going out and actually wow. feeding people, and the money that we use for those things is money hmm. that we get from our careers. Wow! So um, you mentioned something about how because sometimes people want to know their callings uh, in a, in a specific way. Some people discover their calling at an early age. Some people discover their calling when they give their life to Christ. I realize that most people discover their calling when they give your life to Christ. Mm -hmm. But if you're not born again, if you're not a believer, there's no way you're going to discover your spiritual calling, right? Absolutely. But in terms of your career, you'll be able to know your career. You don't have to be a believer or an unbeliever not to know your career. Mm -hmm. But you mentioned something that is so profound that um, out of a problem, Nehemiah discovered his, his calling. Out of a need, Nehemiah discovers his calling. Because some people are asking themselves, but God, when are you when when are you gonna call me? But God is just looking for a situation, a problem, where God will be like, you know what? You are you were born for such a time Ask like this. this. Just like we see in Esther. Mm, mm. That situation had to arise. I could say her career was she's a she's a beauty queen. Yeah. You, She's a beauty queen. You could look at it mm. that here was a, a young, beautiful lady. Mm. Out of all the ones who were chosen, God allowed wow. for her to be the one mm. to be selected wow. as the queen. And we wouldn't have seen the purpose of Esther mm. if there had not been a Mordecai situation that caused her to say, I cannot let my people die. Mm. If there had not been a situation that caused her to say, if I die, mm. then I die. But she had been raised up for a situation, for mm. a moment such as that. And for very many of us, mm. we will not know what our calling is until that situation arises. Mm. Our calling has a timing. Wow. 
Our calling has a timing. Mm. So what I say is that as you're seeking to find out what your calling is, mm. just avail yourself wow. wherever you are needed. Mm. If they need somebody to clean the church, do that. If they mm. need somebody to, to teach the little children, do that. Mm. Because as you avail yourself, you develop those spiritual gifts. Mm. And when that moment hits, even you will be able to say mm. that I was put on this earth for a moment such as this. When can one know their timing? Am I the one in control of the timing of my calling or is it up to God? God is the one who's going to say, you know what? Yes, um, this is the timing for you to come forth, for you to arise and shine. You know, or, or, or is God going to create a situation where you will know in your heart that this is my time? Because sometimes people want to like rush their calling, but there's a timing to what you can, you can know your calling, but there's a difference between knowing your calling and the no, time of fulfillment. Exactly. You know, Absolutely. it's like, for example, if God said at an early age, God said you're going to be a, a pastor. But that you're still young. You still have to go to school. You're not, resp you're not ready yet for such a responsibility. I want to give you an example of David. As he was in, uh, out taking care of the sheep, mm. he was developing skills of leadership. He was fighting bears. Mm. And he was having these moments with God where he would get close and intimate when he was just out there being a shepherd boy. Those Skills, I, I don't even want to call them skills. Qualities or characteristics, qualities, yes. Yeah. Of having such an intimate relationship with God came to play a critical role when he was king. Mm. When David was anointed and told that he was being anointed mm. to lead God's people, David did not then directly walk to the king and say, Hey, here mm. I am. I have been anointed. It's my time to lead. Mm. No, because that wasn't the time. Mm. So we may know what God is calling us to do at mm. different ages, but that timing of fulfillment mm. is going to come. I like the fact that you used David as an example because even though he discovered his calling, but it was in that period of his life was a time of preparation. Just like for you and I, if we want to get a career, if I want to be an accountant, I have to be trained, yes. go to post-secondary institution and get the, the, get the necessary education or program, right? right. Same with our calling. Mm -hmm. Some of us, we just want to enter into ministry without not being trained or being prepared for it. Yes. If we can prepare for our career to ensure that when we, when, when somebody gives us a job, they're expecting us to know what we're doing. But when it comes to our calling now, I'm pretty sure God is also thinking that way. That, okay, I'm expecting you to know what you're going to do because this is a responsibility that demands certain qualities. And if you look at the Bible, Paul said, if, if you desire to be a pastor, if you desire to be a leader in the church, there are certain qualities you have to possess. Absolutely. So there are criteria to meet those, those um, requirements to be put in such a position, you know? So the preparation of our calling is, is really essential. Yeah, that's very deep. If we can prepare for our careers, 
many times for years and mm, years and to become years. an expert in, 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 your, in your field. Yes. Why wouldn't mm. we think that we have to prepare mm. for our calling? Even Paul said in the, in the scripture that study the Bible and show yourself approved. approved. So this is not just a mediocrity type of service that we're giving God. God requires excellence. He does. Excellence he in, does. in our and calling. And he gives us that opportunity to develop. Hmm. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, he absolutely knew why he hmm. had come down on earth. He came down to save us. And he knew that. Hmm. And yet for 30 years. Wow. 30 years. Hmm. He worked as a carpenter. Hmm. But we know that he knew what he was born to do. Yeah. Even when his parents, when he got lost or his parents thought he was lost, when he stayed at the temple and said, did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? Hmm. He knew his purpose. And yet he went through all that time hmm. until the timing was right from his father for him to go out and say, this is the moment. And it's not any different with us. As we think that our career does not bring glory to God. Yes, our calling brings glory to God, but our career has a contribution, Absolutely. you know. For instance, if, if you have a family, you have, to, it, you have to take care of your family. And actually, Paul actually recommend you take care of your family. You know, before you actually go into, into ministry, you have to take care of your family. And also the natural abilities and the um, and the learned skills that you have acquired from education, society expects you, you know, because what's the point of God giving you a natural gift? It's for you to use so that the world can enjoy and give glory to God, you know? So I think that you think that our career brings glory to God in, in, in a certain aspect? I absolutely do. I absolutely believe that our career brings glory to God. In, I, I believe it's first, uh, let me get that verse for you. Um, Corinth, Colossians 3.17. You read Colossians 3.17. My interpretation is it doesn't matter what it is that you're doing. Mm. Whether you are at your job, whether it's the lowest of the lowest of jobs. that Because sometimes we have jobs in life where we think, no, this is, mm. you know. This is not worth it. I'm just doing it to get a check. Yeah. But no matter what it is that you're doing, do it as if you are doing it for Christ Everything. himself. Wow. Do it as if you're doing it for the Lord God himself. Mm. Right? So the excellence in your career is, is what is going to allow you to get those resources that I was talking about to an even higher level. Mm to use in your calling. And not only the resources, but also honestly believe that our career is also a, a place where we, we develop character, yes. patience, the yes. fruit of, of, of the spirit, yes. you know, because you're dealing with human beings, you're dealing with, with people. And God is testing to say, okay, how do you respond to, 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 to a situation when you're working under pressure? Yes. Because the same real life things that happen in, 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 in our career settings and also happen in, in the church. Yes. And um, just to add to that, the, our job places, our workplaces are still a mission field. Completely agree to that. Absolutely agree. 
mm. how people see you in your workplace mm. has a lot to do with how they're going to perceive the God you serve. So true. Mm. So we should not think that our mm. workplace or our career is completely isolated mm. from our lives as Christians. So on a personal note, so how do you personally go about um, your career and your, and your calling mm-hmm. without any conflict, if there's any or if there's, <laughs> I mean, in terms of time management or yes. priorities? Yes. So um, one of the things that I, I, I had to find out um, when we were discussing this topic with you, something regarding balance, Right. Are you able to balance your career with your calling? And honestly, I do not think it's possible. And I don't think that God calls us to do that. Just like I said, you have to excel in your career and you have to excel in your calling. But the, I, the issue of balance is not one that's achievable. And I don't think that I need to give 50% to my career or 50% to my job. Mm. I am going to give 100% when I'm at my job, and I'm going to give 100% in my calling. The issue is, it's difficult to say they won't conflict, because they will. It is the nature. There are going to be moments in time when your career requires more from you. Mm. Sometimes you have weeks where you have deadlines to meet and, you know, important things to take care of in that job. And those times, your career is going to take more of your time than your calling. Then there are going to be moments in life where your calling is pulling more of you. And there are even times where you get to and say, okay, God has brought me to a point where it's clear that I'm leaving my career for my calling. That doesn't happen to all of us, but it does happen to some people. A few people, people, yeah. So in my personal life, yes, the conflicts are going to be there. In my regular work day, in the middle of the day, I'm going to receive a call that requires me to do something that is part of my calling. So as as an individual, I have to determine, do I take care of this now? Do I take care of this at 5 p.m.? Or if it's urgent, do I have a job that allows me to say, okay, let me pull out an hour here because I have to attend to this. Those are our daily struggles. We usually work during the weekdays. And then God is not expecting, in my own idea, God is not expecting service of him seven days a week. I don't see I don't see Christianity as a religion where you have to attend uh, a church, a physical church, to feel spiritual. As you go about your life, you you acknowledge God in all your ways. See, so our career takes quite a lot of our time in terms of we work. Sometimes people work five days a week, but what God is 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 seeking from us maybe is like maybe at least we can give Him several days of the seven days. That's where we have six days to work and then one day on the seventh day to rest in his presence, right? So in that case, that way you have time to be refreshed. You have time to take care of your spiritual man because God understands the responsibility in this life. You have to take care of your family. 
it, I'm just saying it just to add to what you're saying in terms of how do you balance your career and your calling? I mean, some some people, God will be like, I want you to focus on your calling full time, right. seven days a week, right? Based on the circumstances. If that's for you, that's what God wants you to do. God will give you the grace. God will provide you the resources. But for most people in some certain environment, yes, you're still a minister on, on the Sundays. You attend fellowship. You do what you have to do to, to serve God. God knows you have a family to take care of. Even if you don't have a family, but you have to take care of yourself, you know. So given the days, maybe on a Sunday for God, but God also expects you on every single day, not just on a Sunday, to acknowledge him. When you're, when you're at work, God wants to be there. God wants to be part of Excellent. that work. Because some people confuse the idea, okay, you know what? The only time I feel that God is in my life is when, I, when I'm in church or when I feel I'm serving God is when I'm in church. Yeah, and uh, just to add on to that, um, it goes back to that idea that no matter what it is you're doing, do it to the excellence, do it to the service of God. Because even when I'm taking care of my family, because I can tell you that for many, many ministers, it is very difficult. There are some relationships, families that have been broken while a minister is excelling in their service of God, but has no time for the family. That is not what God is asking of us. Hmm. So in this, as we juggle all these different things, we do need to ask God for guidance because it's truly difficult. It is difficult. You have to do, you have to go to your job. You have to take care of the household and you have to serve God because he has called you to do that. And you're going to be accountable for all that. Mm. Even um, Paul mentioned about how, even though him as a minister, he has the right to, he has the right to exercise his right in terms of asking for compensation for his yes. service, but he prefers to work as a tent maker, right? Exactly. Not to so be a burden, to. not to be a, a burden to the church, yes. you know? So, so what, what's your thoughts on pastors being compensated? I mean, I believe pastors should get should get compensated if they don't, if that's their full time and they're spending their time and they have a family. I believe they're entitled to being compensated, something reasonable that will at least take care of themselves and their family. There's no question about that. Um, you remember when I say that for some people, their career is their calling they do have to make money. Hmm. They do have to take care of their families. And if their career is their calling, then the money that they need to take care of their family is gonna come from that calling. So yes, absolutely, pastors should be compensated if the church has that ability to. Um, because you can imagine, if you have a pastor who is not being compensated, and that's all he does, mm. is pastor the church. Wow. What would you expect his family situation to be? Mm. How would you expect him to fully devote his life to the church mm. when his children have no food, mm. when he has no money to pay his rent? Mm. Mm. Wow. On the flip side, if God has not told you that 
your career is your calling. If God has not said mm. that this is what you should do full time, then as ministers, we should be wary of doing that. Mm. I come from Uganda, my beautiful country, Uganda. But many years ago, there was some kind of movement where people believed the end of the world was here. You know, Jesus is coming. So there is no reason why we should work. We mm. should sit in the church and pray. Let Jesus find us here. Mm. Because the end is here, right? Wow. <laughs> but this is the same Jesus who said, occupy till I come. He said, even his coming is going to be like a regular thing. People are doing their regular stuff, no you know? One, yeah. No one wow. will know the time or the hour. So I, as, as ministers, let's not put ourselves in that situation where we fail to make money from our jobs just because we lack the knowledge. Because I think that arises from lacking knowledge. Even the disciples of Jesus Christ, they were fishermen. They were fishermen. You know? They were still in the preparation. They were still fishermen yes. until when God was like, you know what? You guys now yes. can can go into ministry full time. Perhaps. You're saying I'm serving God, I'm serving Him full time, and yet I have no money. Mm. You know, my children are suffering. Wow. So wow. yes, I think we need to ask God for wisdom. God will provide us the right timing. Mm. He will. He's also a God of provision. Absolutely. If that provision is coming from your career. Praise God. If that provision is coming from your calling, praise God. Mm. But either way, God will provide for us as we stand in the careers and in our callings. And just allow him to be who he's calling us to be. Thank you so much, Reverend Peace. The last question I want to ask you for today is um, what advice or key to success uh, of, of, of you being effective and excellent in your career and your calling? Mm -hmm. So for me, um, on a personal level, I think it's continuous learning, continuous mentorship in my career and in my calling. Because no matter where I'm at in my career, there is somebody that's better than me. There's somebody that has achieved more than I've achieved. Mm. So for me, it's always looking up to somebody else to find out how did they do this and how can I get there? My calling, it's the same thing. Hmm. God has given me something, but I'm not where I need to be. Hmm. And yet there are people around me hmm. that God can use to get me to where I need to go. So mentorship in ministry, mm. knowing that I have a pastor who covers me, knowing that I have somebody to run to when I don't understand or when I'm frustrated. Mm. In my personal ministry, I have moments where I'm like, this is too hard, you know. Or sometimes my pastor will ask me to do something and I'll say, really? Really? You think I can do that? 
and he will say yes and i'll say no i don't think mm. you know me and then he has to remind me that <laughs> in our calling it's not about our personal abilities right absolutely it is about that divine providence it's about what god is able to do mm. so once i'm able to take my eyes off of what i as peace can do mm. and allow God to do what he can do through me. Hmm. Then I'm able to move to another level. I like the fact that you mentioned that um when it comes to our calling our our dependence is solely on on God himself, the Holy Spirit, you know, for us to be able to do that job. Whereas in our career, we have we we have resources. We you know we have resources, you know, but when it comes to our calling it's completely different. And it's completely different in terms of who do you go to for support? Yeah. Where did you get your source of information from? You know, what are the criteria of an excellent job? You know, whereas <laughs> obviously in the workplace you have performance evaluation, you know. Whereas for God there's no such thing as faithfulness. Yes. How faithful you are, you know? Yeah. Um and I think another challenge um especially in in ministry or as we undertake our callings is mm. Who is evaluating us? It is God, right? Yes. But then there are challenges of looking at somebody else and thinking, "Oh, he's doing so much better than me." Mm. And forgetting mm. that that specific calling on that person's life is not the specific calling on your life. Absolutely. That what God has equipped him with is not what God has equipped you with. Mm. So there should be no competition. True. It is us working together as a body with mm. those different equipping and you know that God has given us to fulfill our specific callings mm. so that we can be a part of that general calling which is the great commission. I like how you talked about collaboration in 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 our calling environment because in the workplace it's it's really a competitive environment where yeah. but in in ministry it's not that's not the attitude that God wants us to have because we give an account individually we give an account to God and God has endowed to us individually you know and even when Jesus Christ Jesus Christ mentioned something that that day he's going to say well done faithful servant he didn't say well done you have the you pray the highest he didn't say well done you have the biggest church he didn't say well done you have the, you have the most anointing he said well done faithful servant so some he gave one talent so some he gave two talents all that god requires is were you faithful did you give your best in what i have given you is looking at the, the attitude it's not really not not really much of the quantity to god it's actually the quality who you are character who you are in the inside the attitude of you doing your ministry did you put in everything every your soul into it did you love him with all your heart with all your might even if it's just one person You have said that so beautifully that sometimes it scares me. I just had a message on dying empty. Absolutely. And I was so challenged like God, am I doing all? That is within you, yeah? That you have put in me. Am I able to say that I gave out everything that mm. you put in me? So yes, we are to give it all we got. 
just to conclude this verse, you mentioned the verse previously, Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, whatever you do in word or in deed, do everything in the name of our Lord Jesus. Whatever you do in your career, in your calling, do everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. In the Lord. And my last words would be that um, no matter what we do, whether it's our career, whether it's our calling, to remember that we reflect Jesus. And to do that with a spirit of humility. No matter how much you know, no matter how gifted you are, perform your ministry or your calling with a spirit of humility, knowing that it's not about us, but it is about our God.